Before we get to today's show, let me ask you a question. Do you enjoy coitus? Well, Thousand Movie Project Podcast is sponsored this week by AdamandEve.com, the number one adult toy retailer on the internet. When you enter the coupon code TMPP at checkout, you'll get 50% off of just about anything you want to buy. But that's not all. Thousand Movie Project Podcast's coupon code also opens up free shipping along with some toys. Just imagine free shipping and a whopper of a discount on such unique products as Hannah Harper Life-Size Inflatable Sex Doll. Are you ready to party with sexy starlet Hannah Harper? This bubbly, big-breasted blonde is the life of the party, and she can't wait to show you a good time. Dress her up, strip her down, and gaze into her realistic 3D face as she offers up her sweet pink and backdoor openings. So what are you waiting for? Go to adamandeve.com now, select an inanimate object with which to slake your degenerate thirst, and use the offer code TMPP at checkout to get 50% off of your item, plus free shipping, and a box full of gifts. And now, on to the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey guys, my name is Alex, and you're listening to the Thousand Movie Project Podcast. I saw a headline on AOL today, and yes, I still use AOL, and you can tell it's antiquated, because almost everything is clickbait. Not only clickbait of like, oh, it's, it's going to lead you to a bullshit article, or some ridiculous photo set where you have to click through 40-odd pages in order to see what everybody from the Wonders Years looks like, but I saw a headline today on AOL, and it said... Suspect in Jogger's abduction spent 20 years in prison for kidnapping. And when I saw that headline, I thought, Watson, I think I found our guy. This is not funny. It's too soon to be making a remark like that. I just did it in the privacy of my head, and now I'm sharing it with you, because it also made me think of how I'm really glad I'm not a detective, which is something that comes to mind pretty often about jobs. I will see someone doing their job, like I'll see them laboring somewhere, and I'm like, not for me, and then I just sort of rejoice about my own situation. I say it as though I've won something. Like, whenever I go out with friends of mine who are lawyers, and they talk about, like, how fucking much they hate their jobs, and it's creeping over so that they hate their lives, and everything is neglected, and they're totally miserable, I do feel compassion, but I also, there's this weird, petulant voice in my head that just sort of chimes up like, whew, glad I'm not one of those. Because I almost did have to go to law school. I say have to go to law school, mainly because, like, the people who fed to me the narrative of how my life was supposed to unfold, they kind of leaned really hard on the idea that I should go to law school. I would, I would be the worst fucking lawyer. First of all, I'd probably have to be, like, a criminal defense lawyer, because all my clients, like, ipso facto, would have to be desperate. Because I get really flustered, and I take shit really personally, and I'm sure if I was, like, being eviscerated by a judge during a case, because all my lawyer friends talk about that sort of 
puberty experience as a young lawyer where you're at trial and you just have to fucking stand there while a judge just fucking dunks on you about some stupid thing you said or some misinterpretation of the law that you're pitching as the truth and they're, you know, saying, well, you, you're lucky, I'm not going to hold you in contempt or whatever. If I had to sit and endure that, like, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't do anything macho and bravado. I would start crying in an angry way and I would just be like, fuck this, your honor, and I would leave. And then I would for sure get arrested. You know what? I would be a terrible lawyer, but I think I would be a fun former lawyer. I'd be the bartender with the most regulars, because then I would, I would kind of understand the law, and then people would come to me and they would be like, hey, pour me a drink and give me some legal advice, or pour me a drink and tell me how you destroyed your career. Either way, it's a good story. But I also very seriously, sincerely doubt that I could be a lawyer too, because I'm not smart enough to be a detective. I'm not smart enough to, to understand the law. And with the detective thing, you have to know the law and you have to know like criminal MOs and shit. You also have, probably have to have like a really strong stomach, which I do not have. I get nauseous when someone shows me a paper cut. One time I was having a drink at American Social and I fainted because they were showing 30 for 30 on ESPN and it showed like really graphic footage of a baseball player diving to catch something in the outfield, colliding with a wall and snapping his arm. I cannot even imagine how I would behave at a crime scene, even if I proved to be some fucking prodigy of deduction, some Sherlockian wizard. When it came to the solving of murders, I would have to be followed crime scene to crime scene with a Watson who doesn't carry, like, instruments and notation, take notation and shit. He would have to just follow me with, like, a bag of smelling salts. But again, not fucking equipped. I'm not intellectually equipped to become a detective. As I mentioned to you, I just, like, a month ago, I underwent a 50-hour training to become a server at a restaurant, and I failed the final exam. Speaking of which, I ended up, they took away that serving position at, at that job, and so I'm working there now as a food runner, so I just sort of collect dishes from the kitchen and I run them out to tables. I had a really fucking terrible day at work yesterday, and it feels weird to put it this way in my 30s, but there are these two women at my job who are bullies. One of them is kind of manageable. She's just very hustle bustle. She has devised her own system of how things should work that kind of doesn't jive with how the restaurant does it, and she gets really mad about that, and she says things that are out of line, and then she apologizes if you confront her. But the other one, the really bad one, she's an absolute textbook type of bully, and I've reached a point in my life where when confronted by a 36-year-old bully, I kind of just feel sympathy, and, a, and it's a genuine sympathy. This woman works at this restaurant full-time and part-time at another restaurant, and she lives with her boyfriend. She's got a dog. She's very enchanted by, you know, childish entertainment, like the Disney princess cartoons of her youth, and in almost every bit of conversation that she has had with a manager or a colleague that I have overheard, it seems that 80% of the things that leave her mouth are insults, complaints, and most significant to me, corrections. And, and when I started working there, I was, you know, trying to get situated, and so I would say hi to her as well as to everyone else, and she would just completely ignore me, walk directly past me without looking my way. One time, I was trying to make conversation with her on the expo line, and I said, I heard you have a second job, where, where else do you work? And she just stared straight ahead, and then, speaking to the air, she said, a restaurant. And then she walked away. Cheers! It is theater that she is doing. She is making a point of how uninterested she is and talking to me. And there, I think there's some kind of power trip going on there because she knows that she is a veteran employee of this place. I am a new guy. I do not have the bona fides to be here. Don't have the connections. I'm not as familiar with protocol. Therefore, 
even though she doesn't really pull rank on me necessarily, she is nonetheless quite a few notches up on the restaurant hierarchy. So yes, she makes a conscious point of showing that she has no interest in talking to me unless I'm doing something wrong. Or if not doing something wrong at this point, because I've been there for more than a month and I basically know what to do, she faults me for something being imperfect. For instance, somebody asked for sriracha yesterday, and in the back we've got 30 bottles of sriracha in varying degrees of completion. So I grabbed a bottle, I took it out to the guy, and then she stopped me. And she made no eye contact, and she told me in this very text tone of voice, You don't give out bottles of sriracha. You pour it in a ramekin, and then you give the ramekin to the guy. A ramekin, by the way, I, this was new to me when I started working at restaurants, it's like a slangy restaurant term for a little cup of sauce. I think the slang derives from the, from the word ceramic, which is what I think they were uniformly made of once upon a time. Anyway, she gets on me for shit like this, and she dispenses these corrections with an air of gravity. And yesterday, like this, this has been going on for a month, and yesterday I confronted her about it. She stopped me for something totally innocuous, and I cut her off, and I said, do you have a problem with me? And then she did like gaslight shit. She just, she kind of gaped, and she touched her collarbone, and she leaned back, and she said, I'm only doing this to help you. Which, incidentally, is interesting because it's also a lie. This colleague of mine is not just a, a server, she's a trainer for incoming servers, and I know this because she was one of my trainers. And if you've ever had to undergo training for a restaurant job or a retail job, you have certainly spent time in the company of such a person as this. She was the sort of trainer who, she tells you everything in a dead-eyed monotone, rolls her eyes while explaining the way in which things are done at the restaurant, and then she lowers her voice and she explains with a sneer why it's stupid. The restaurant protocol is stupid. It's made by corporate. They're not actually here. They don't know how things should work. And so she then went about explaining, in contrast to protocol, how she does everything. And the way that she does it is so much more time efficient, it's so much easier, it's so much simpler. The whole time she trained me, she spoke about how stupid the restaurant's policies were, and now she is constantly chiding me with this weird Jesuitical vehemence about my slightest deviations from protocol. The fact that I don't set the spoon into someone's macaroni at the right angle. I asked her if she has a problem with me and she said no, and cherry on top, she then said, sorry if you just look at it that way, but I'm only trying to help you. And she said it with such snaz, snaz? Sass. But it was, it was beyond sass, it was like condescension, it was contempt, insinuating that I need constant real-time counsel on how to position spoons because my job is at stake. And what's really upsetting is like, she might be right. That's, I think, the biggest part of what chafes me about it, is that I know she is not well-intentioned with these constant corrections, and I know from a genuinely sympathetic perspective that this person's constant negativity is a sign of real emotional distress in her private life. She is genuinely and vocally unhappy about almost everything she embarks upon, everything about this job and the other job. She complains about her landlord, complains about her boyfriend. She is genuinely unhappy, and when she gives me shit, I should be the kind of transcendently zen person who can translate cognitive understanding into sort of emotional placidity, if that makes sense. But ultimately, I think it's true that I'm just not really good at this job. And as another colleague recently confided to me, apparently I have a reputation among servers as being like the most inept person in the kitchen. And what's weirder still is that like, it genuinely fucking bums me out. 
And I know that this is all ephemeral. First of all, I know that I'm not losing anyone's 401k when I bring them when I bring them sushi and forget the chopsticks. And I acknowledge the difference between, you know, aggravated assault and overpeppering someone's salad. Although, as the woman at table 54 suggested to me yesterday, the difference is quite slim, but still, it gets me thinking, like most other things in my daily life, about our Lord and Savior, Joseph Robinette, the president, of course, who is always harping on the importance of employment, not only from the perspective of, like, it's the obvious economical benefit of everyone being employed, but he talks a lot about just, like, the dignity of having a job, and that it does matter to a person's sense of self that they can, that they have a place that they can go and earn money, a place that they, like, they show up, they do a good job, they're dependable, they are proficient, and they generate enough income that they can take care of themselves and their loved ones. So I'm in a good place right now, all things considered. I've never had a more comfortable living situation. Uh, despite the tensions of money and work responsibilities and bills, I, apart from all that, like, I've written a book that I'm really proud of, and it's being represented by a terrific agent. It's going into submission next month. And you'd think that, like, yeah, in the same way that my colleague is always walking beneath this lassoed cloud, you'd think I was right beside her walking on top of one. But it really does get to me to think that, like, I go to this place, I really like my colleagues, uh, I've been there a fairly long time, but I still can't seem to pull my weight. Like, I still fuck things up all the time. I take things out at the wrong intervals, I, I put the wrong sauces on the wrong dishes. Also, at one point yesterday, while all this shit was going on, someone walked into the kitchen and yelled, Hey, the queen's dead! I do wonder, though, like, how long it's gonna be before the palace kind of, like, opens their gates to historians such that we get, like, an accurate portrayal of what her final weeks were like. What exactly were the ailments that she suffered from in her last few public appearances? Like, how close to the edge was she? Anyways, is it something to be horribly upset about? The fact that I'm not very good at this job that pays me almost no money at all? Nah, it's not something to be super upset about. Is it something I am kind of upset about anyways? Yeah, very much. I don't know why, but I am. I'll ask, ask, maybe this is perhaps a question for Joey Robinette. And it's also a humbling reminder that just because I might be on the brink of having my life's dreams realized and becoming a published author, I don't think it's going to be quit your day job money. I think it's very likely I'm going to be like a published author who is still putting the wrong sauce on, on burgers and getting dunked on by miserable colleagues because I didn't position a spoon properly. Pero se la vi. That's the very optimistic note of my departure. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>